Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is On the Pony Express after Stang's postgame show. Tune in after each SMU game for reaction, exclusive interviews, and more. Check out all our SMU coverage you need at OnThePonyExpress.com. A part of the On3 network. Now, your host, Billy Embody. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the After Stang Show. I'm Billy Embody. Thanks for joining me. A little virtual one for you guys tonight as SMU comes away with a hard-fought 38-34 win at Memphis. The first win up at the Liberty Bowl in a decade for the Mustangs. And with that win, SMU now 9-2 on the season, 7-0 in AAC play. That's eight straight AAC wins seven of which came this season. That's the longest conference winning streak since 11 straight, which overlapped the 1981-82 season. It's the first 7-0 start in conference play since the 1982 season that they went 7-0-1 in the Southwest Conference. And the Mustangs got their biggest win of the season uh, to date. And it was a, a game that early on, you know, Memphis was right there with SMU and into the second half. Uh, they were they were right there with SMU. And ultimately, it was the second half um, masterclass that this offense uh, put on. And you've got to give the Mustangs a lot of credit. It wasn't perfect. It wasn't what you necessarily wanted to see by any means out of this team uh, defensively. Offensively, there were issues at times, but uh, they were just able to overcome uh, those things, including uh, starting left tackle Marcus Bryant going down, uh, Elijah Chapman being banged up. They lost Jalen Knighton for a bit. LJ Johnson uh, got dinged up uh, a touch. They were able to overcome so much in this game. Um, And, you know, SMU came right out. RJ Maryland from Preston Stone, 43-yard touchdown, Reception after the defense for, forced a turnover on that opening drive for Memphis. That was big in the grand scheme of everything. Uh, and, you know, then things defensively were pretty, I don't know, touch and go is probably the right word. Once again, this defense doesn't look like it has all season and you're playing your toughest opponent to date. So it makes sense that. Uh, since the Oklahoma game, this is, you know, the, the worst, you know, defensive showing that SMU's had. They gave up 464 yards. Uh, they did actually play pretty well defending the run. Only 62 total yards on the ground from the Tigers. Uh, that means Seth Hennigan uh, went 402 passing yards on this secondary. And it, it, it was almost as if everything Memphis did they did right offensively. And for SMU's defense, they were just able to find ways to get stops and and hold them to field goals. And over the course of a game like this, you have opportunities to 
make plays in moments that end up being the difference. And those field goals in the first half, uh, two of them by Memphis, were really, really important overall in the grand scheme of things. If those go for touchdowns like they would have against defenses of SMU past, we're having a very different discussion here. I mean, Memphis wins by double digits if kind of all things go the same. And SMU overcame some officiating. I, I did not think it was good. Um, there, It kind of went a little back and forth. I don't know if it evened out, but there were some real critical moments, um, especially the fourth and one that, I mean, watching it on TV, there was space between the ball and the the um, yard marker. And, and I, I, you know, you're going through the course of a game. I, I didn't get a chance to really rewind and, and go take a look, but I'll have to watch again. But I, I said it on the game thread and on the Pony Express, there's space between that yard marker. And a lot of people obviously thought the same. And Brandon Thomas goes in from one yard out um, to open the scoring in the second half and tie it at 21, open the scoring for Memphis, that is. Um, after SMU came out and, and went right down the field on their first drive. I think this was a coming out party for Preston Stone. Uh, in the first half, he was not good at all. Um, uh, three of eight, I believe he was in the first half. Uh, he did have that touchdown pass uh, to RJ Maryland to, to open things up, but that was his only completion for much of the first half. And uh, he wasn't necessarily able to get it together. Um, and then he came out in the uh, the, uh, the second half and just started out, lights out. He completed, um, that is, nine straight passes, um, which stretched into the fourth quarter. Um, so he, he threw incomplete on his opening uh, or opening throw of the second half to, to Maryland and then uh, went on that streak of nine straight completions as SMU got rolling offensively and scored on two straight uh, touchdown drives. Um, I'll have to look and see if it was uh, two scored two straight touchdowns and then kicked a field goal. You're kind of thinking there, okay, that field goal, what's what's going to happen? How is that going to uh, impact the overall uh, game and 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 all those things? Um, SMU took a 31-28 lead, but uh, the defense was able to get uh, two straight uh, punt uh, stops on on Memphis, and that was that allowed SMU to take over. And get the ball with 7:34 on the game clock, and they gave it back to Memphis with 2:41 to go, with a 38-28 lead. And then Memphis went right down. Credit to him, and uh, scored 10 plays, 70 yards uh, in a minute 44. Uh, and the mix, missed extra point obviously uh, made it 38-34. And SMU recovered the onside kick. Had to do some real math there uh, to uh, kneel out the uh, ball uh, on that one. Uh, with Preston Stone running around a little bit. But overall, this was a really critical, important win for SMU. And, uh, you know, for Rhett Lashley, this is one of those moments where you're happy you're playing important games in November. And just a year ago, they responded the wrong way against Tulane. But this year, they stepped up and, and got a critical win. It's a, lot, it's a lot of fun. It's the position we want our program to be in, right? And so... You know, you work so hard to get in these moments, and then like in 2019, we were in one, and, and and it didn't go our way, right? And then, you know, it felt like last year, we, we still would have needed some things to go our way, but we go down to Tulane, and if we can win, then we're in an, in the conversation that last week, and, and we don't play well, right? Same week of the season, on the road, big game. You saw what happened last year. You saw what happened this year. So I think it shows the growth of our program, uh, what our coaches have done, 
uh, what our players have done and bought into. And so we hope to be in this position more. And uh, it was good to, to be in a game that was back and forth, back and forth, and find a way to, to win. Yeah, back and forth is exactly how uh, I described that one. SB took a 14-13 halftime lead uh, into the locker room and came out and uh, you know scored that opening touchdown of the second half, which was important. Let's get to uh, some questions here uh, from you guys uh, as uh, this was the biggest win. Um, and one of the opening questions from our YouTube comments. Uh, Rangers King 669. Uh, yes, biggest win SB's had in decades. Um, and, and, you know, by far, you're in a position to uh, go to a conference championship game. Obviously, the win, I, I believe it was, I want to say East Carolina when Richard Crawford intercepted uh, them. It was either inter uh, East Carolina or Navy to uh, send them to the Conference USA championship about a decade ago, um, maybe a little bit more than that. But um, that was another big win. But this is even bigger because they're sitting in, you know, contention for a uh, New Year's Six Bowl berth. Um, Terry makes a great question here. Some people are wondering why Preston was scrambling behind the line of scrimmage with less than a minute to go. Take a knee. How hard is that? Well, if you did the math, uh, they Memphis had two timeouts. So SMU got the ball with, I want to say, 53 seconds. So if they take a knee... It's, you know, 53 seconds and then 51, Memphis timeout, 50, 51, and then 49, Memphis takes timeout. Then you're sitting at third down and you can kneel it, but you can't necessarily get it to the number you need it to so that you aren't faced with either a punt or having to run around for 10 seconds or something uh, when it comes down to the final play of the game. So they wanted that knee to take a little bit longer, so they kind of got creative. Remember, Rhett Lashley came from Miami and Miami lost the game by just handing the ball off to Georgia Tech uh, this year. They they could have just kneeled it. They did not. They fumbled. Georgia Tech wins the football game. So uh, they were being extra careful with how they handled the end of the game. Uh, Couchum, good first question here. Speaking generally, not necessarily to SVU's situation, but is there a remedy of some kind for blatantly unquestionably corrupt refing? Is there a process to challenge a game or would it end up being a lawsuit? I think it would be, I think it would be a lawsuit. I'd have to go back through and look and see who really went after officials over the course of, you know, not only college sports, but just sports in general and see how those turned out. I, I'm sure there's uh, probably a, a, a lawsuit going over Brett Hull's uh, skate being in the crease or something uh, with the stars, um, you know, those things, but I, I, they don't go anywhere. There's really not too much recourse. They can just say afterwards, well, we were wrong. Um, I don't know if those are public or those are private, but, um, I've seen public rep reprimands of officials in the past, but yeah, I, I thought the officiating was pretty poor, uh, just not in, not consistent, um, at times. So, uh, Peruna Cox 22, this is a good question because if SMU beats Navy at 11 AM central on Saturday in Ford stadium, they go to the conference championship game. Uh, he asks, uh, do I think if UTSA beats Tulane, it'll be the championship game at home for SMU? I do. I think it'll be enough. Uh, I, I believe the tiebreaker is something like rankings and analytics or some, something crazy when they don't have a head-to-head -head and they have the same number of conference losses. It's a, I think it's ranking first. So as long as SMU can stay ahead of UTSA in the um, rankings and receiving votes, that should be enough to get it at home. Uh, FW Silver asks, was that the best half Preston Stone has played as a Mustang? 
Yes, I, I think so. Um, I'm I'm trying to recall um, kind of comparatively what he was able to do, but I, I thought he was awesome. I, I really do. I, and he took one sack. It was it's kind of a critical one. I think SMU ended up having to punt. Could be wrong. Um, but he took the sack. It ended up being third and 12 because of it or second and 12 or something like that. And they couldn't pick it up. But um, I, I felt like he he played his best half of football without a doubt in the second half. I mean, nine of, let's see, 12 of 14 uh, in the second half uh, for, let's call it 214 of his total yards in the game passing the football. That's championship level play. And I can tell you what, Rhett Lashley was, um, you know, singing his praises uh, without a doubt um, and, and what he thought of his quarterback's play overall against Memphis. You know, we got aggressive, put it in his hands, and um, that's what you're going to have to do to win a conference title. You know, win games like this on the road late in the season to keep yourself in it. If we're fortunate enough to keep playing like next week, even, you know, he's going to have to make big plays in big moments and, to finish 15 to 23, 286, two touchdowns. And again, no turnovers. Like he's playing aggressive and he's valuing the football. And, you know, we're just playing really good team ball. Yeah, he was saying good team ball there at the end. And uh, SMU does need to win next week against Navy. I, I, I think if they lost, they would, it would be again kind of on that rankings or uh, points for or points against kind of situation that they would need to have outlasted UTSA on to be in the conference championship game, but they are not a lock uh, to uh, get to the AAC championship game, even if they lose to Navy. Um, old Lax guy, uh, what do you think changed in the second half of Preston Stone to perhaps have his best half? Honestly, I think Memphis came into the, into the half and tried to fix their, their run defense. Uh, it was not good. It uh, was poor in the, you know, kind of, let's see, uh, in, in the uh, second quarter in particular, uh, SMU got really going on the ground. It was 72 yards on the ground. That's after uh, 48 came in the first quarter. So SMU was cooking with over 100 yards on the ground. I think having to respect that rush rushing attack of SMU, that is what allowed Preston Stone more room in the second half. Um, SMU was able to just overall – I think take advantage of laying that groundwork literally uh, to then throw the ball and they came out aggressive and, and that second touchdown drive where they responded and went down in a minute, 10, three passes, all were beautiful dimes, great plays by Keyshawn Smith and Moochie Dixon. And then Jalen Knight and punches it in. Those are all because you're expecting if you're Memphis to, for SMU to run the football and you know, try to play a little bit of keep away and allow your team, uh, your your defense, um, or excuse me, your your offense to regroup and all those things. Uh, or yes, SMU is trying to get their defense to regroup after Memphis went down and scored. So how is how would you do that? Running the football, and instead SMU came out and was super aggressive, uh, and they were able to uh, make that pay off. I think all of those things helped loosen up everything for SMU from an offensive perspective. Um, I think LJ Johnson uh, deserves a shout out here. Like Whiskey Pony said, uh, he finished with 21 carries for 115 yards. 
uh, and a touchdowns five and a half yards per carry. Kamar Wheaton, same story, 5.7 yards per carry, nine carries, 51 yards on his day. Um, we'll get to the defense in a second. I'm trying to see if there's any other um, offensive questions. Uh, I agree. Preston absolutely dominated in the second half. Uh, there were a couple passes in that first half that, I mean, you're looking at over the course of the game, floats one to Jake Bailey, it gets batted away. Those little things were potentially suiting, uh, setting them up uh, for a big letdown at the Liberty Bowl. I mean, you've got to make plays on the road in the first half. SMU's defense made enough with some of the field goals that they held them to, but the offense wasn't keeping their end of the bargain in a way um, to make this, um, you know, happen. So um, let's see. Uh, LJ Johnson, uh, the real pony boy, he asks if uh, he's now the top back on the team. I would say so. I think you're, you don't worry about him as much uh, fumbling. You you think he's got strong ball security. He's playing physical. He's got a little bit of burst when he needs to. And, um, yeah, I think he's the top back on the team. I think talent-wise, you know, whenever you have Kamar Wheaton available, he is probably the most pure talented back. But LJ just runs with a purpose and has been doing that the last two weeks. So pretty awesome um, uh, deal there. Um, let's see. Jalen Knighton was dinged up, but did come back in the game. So he should be fine. Um, let's see who else. Um, all right, let's jump into the defense here, guys. SMU's defensive performance today. And one more thing on the, on the running backs and, and Lashley, mentioned this and just kind of broke down LJ's day and just how the running backs, and we said this going into the year, they all complement each other so well. So let's go to Rhett Lashley one more time. Absolutely. I think you see how well those all of our backs complement each other. And, you know, Kamar and Jalen have that explosiveness, that big playability that, that you need. you got to have guys that if it's blocked clean can take it to the house or be explosive and make a guy miss. But we always thought LJ would be a great complement to those guys as a guy who can just – he gets downhill. He runs – behind his pads, downhill, he leans on people. He breaks a lot of explosive runs, you know. And um, so when you can hand the ball 21 times to somebody for 115, you know, the two backs that took the bulk of the carries averaged over five and a half yards a carry. Um, yeah, it's complementing each other the way we thought. And, and I think you see just the productivity and how he can be kind of a guy that, that closes you out in the second half of football games. So the offense did what they needed to do. Uh, that was my probably concern going into this one. And I picked SMU to win 42-27. I could have gone probably either way late there, but, you know, Memphis was able to make some plays. And I think you just got to give it up to Seth Hennigan, first of all. I mean, he has been and has been one of the best quarterbacks in this league for a long time. I don't know how to rank them. I, I mean, you somebody asked me that on the thread. I, I think whoever's making enough play like it's it's really it's really hard to figure that one out because when his team needed him to step up in the second half they punted twice and SMU built a lead and ultimately quarterbacks are remembered by what they do in those moments like how do people remember Tanner Mordecai and I was bigger on Tanner Mordecai than other people were but he allowed the Maryland game to kind of slip away with the fumble that shouldn't have been a fumble. He threw some backbreaking interceptions throughout his career. 
that's how people remember Tanner Mordecai. What did Preston Stone do today? Not turn the ball over. SMU didn't turn the ball over once. He took one sack, which, you know, he should have gotten rid of it. I'm with Rhett Lashley. He said that after the game, same story. But, you know, it was also a quick blitz off the off his blind side, things like that. But, you know, they did not get themselves into too many situations where it was really, really bad. And I, I felt like Preston just managed the game a little bit better than Hennigan today. So I'm not – I think if you're talking about pure ranking quarterbacks, I mean, you probably lean Hennigan just a little bit. But Preston Stone just kind of outdueled him in the second half when it mattered. When it actually mattered, that's what Preston Stone was able to do. So it's hard not to pick him right off this game either. Um, but, you know, it's kind of the same thing with Pratt. You know, Michael Pratt at Tulane, Frank Harris at UTSA. Both those guys are absolute gamers. Would you take them? Yeah, absolutely. But I, I just, I don't know. It's all a toss-up with these guys. It depends on what you're looking to do and what your scheme is. All four are really good, and I think all four are very much the clear-cut top four in this league, even above – JT Daniels. So um, in terms of the secondary looking lost, that was a, that's a good question. FW Silver asks, asked that. I thought they had some, some moments where they, they were playing pretty good. And I, I know that you say that over you know 400 plus yards, but I also feel like there were moments where there was this or that, that should have been, you know, called. And um, I, I just, I, I I don't know. I I felt like they tightened it up a little bit in the second half and Memphis went full-blown, you know, one-dimensional on SMU and, and basically gave up on the run and, you know, still threw for more. And they were in comeback mode too, which makes sense kind of on how that works out statistically. But I, I don't know what the – SMU's ran across two really good play callers the last two weeks. And they've been able to find those zones in the secondary to kind of, you know, hit and and exploit. At the same time, SMU was able to hold Memphis to 62 yards on the ground. And they were able to, I still feel this way, you kind of probably watch it back. And I just felt like SMU's defensive line kind of took over a little bit in the second half. So, I think the secondary was leaky. I don't know about lost. I thought Memphis made some great throws and some great catches at moments. There were also some key moments where there were busts. There was the third and six that Rock Taylor was wide open. That's brutal. Uh, Charles Woods went for an interception on the fourth down. I believe it was fourth down. And he missed. And that allowed for a 17-yard game. I think it was by Dove uh, or the tight end. One of the two. The secondary took some chances and they did not pay off. And they also just had some flat out busts. This performance is not going to get it done. There are very few teams that nationally can operate at this level that Memphis just did. So I do think that's worth noting. Like, I don't think Michael Pratt is going to come out if SMU plays them or Frank Harris and throw for 400 yards. Like, I just don't think those teams are that that type of team. So where SMU has to step up is continue to play really good defense against the run, which they did, um, and you know get guys down and limit explosive plays. Like Memphis, Memphis's explosive plays overall. Let's see, they had 13 passing plays. None of them except one were over 30 yards. I know you're kind of like. 
really. I mean, you know, there was one for 27, one for 25, one for 34. And then the rushing attack was three 10-plus yard runs. And then the rest, SMU was able to bottle them up. So that's pretty good on the rushing attack side of things. The secondary has things to clean up. And I don't know um, how you do that. I really don't. Yeah, uh, Frank Harris did that uh, for UTSA uh, last night. He ran, he threw for 400, but um, he threw for 400 on USF. So again, it's it's night. It's a difference. It's a difference. Like USF, I can look up their total defense uh, in the NCAA, and it's probably not where SMU is. Um, which SMU has some things to clean up. They're they're not perfect by any means. Um, they have got to they've got to figure this out on the back end of of this secondary. Uh, they've been leaky the last yeah. South Florida is the 129th total defense. So um, Frank Harris did go for 400 and run for another 100, but he did it on the worst defense in the country, minus North Texas. Um, when it comes to SMU's defense, I don't know how you fix it because. There are moments where they're playing zone and last week against North Texas, they mixed in more man in the second half and that kind of screwed with um, Chandler Rogers and they weren't able to get enough going, but Seth Hennigan, they were able to, you know, solve SMU secondary and there were some really good plays. I think Memphis's offense is they've always been able to move the ball. They've been really, really good. I love what they do. Um, but um, I don't think it's as much tackling issues. I really don't. Whiskey Pony asked this. I think you're facing an upgraded level of talent. And, you know, the coaches can review it. I will ask Scott Simons in terms of the last two weeks about where the tackling stands, like what they're seeing. But for me, it's just you're they're picking up chunk, chunks of yards. They're in that intermediate zone, which people on the board love to talk about the intermediate passing game with SMU. Memphis had that cooking. They had the underneath. They had uh, the soft spots in the zones. That's not tackling. That's just coverage. And I just, watching that game, tackling just didn't jump out to me as being a horrible, horrible issue. They're keeping guys in front of them. They're waiting for help. They're waiting for swarm. I mean, you can watch, like, there are a couple moments where <clears throat> feels like Chris Megginson's out there, you know, just standing in front, going back and forth, side to side, trying to force a guy out of bounds but he's not picking up yardage. He's keeping him in front of him. So he doesn't break a big one. And I, I just, I tackling doesn't stick out to me like that. Um, I, I just think it's straight up secondary finding spots in the zones when they play zone and they're exploiting them. I mean, they really are. So, um, and I don't even want to hear about it in the you know run game when you give up 62 yards on the ground, um, 2.8 yards per carry. So, they're doing something right in tackling. They are doing something very wrong right now in the secondary that they've got to clean up. Um, let's see. Uh, who do I think is the best out of Memphis, Tulane, and UTSA? I mean, I, I think you've got to give it to Tulane just because right now they're the class of the conference. They are the defending champs. I haven't seen much of a reason to think they won't be hosting SMU in New Orleans. Now, UTSA is scrappy. And Jeff Trailer has done a really nice job. But um, Memphis offensively is really, really good. Probably the best out of the three. But, I mean, 
before the sacks, SMU had roughly 470 something yards uh, going into those that final drive that Preston Stone kneeled down. So <clears throat> their defense, Memphis, it's not good. I mean, it's, it hasn't been good all year. So um, I'm going to go with probably Tulane still until they somebody knocks them off. So we'll see. I, th- I think Tulane uh, will probably be hosting in New Orleans first weekend of December. Um, let's see. Uh, Challenge Met asked, do I agree with the redshirting of Crosley at the risk of not getting an AAC championship? I do. I, I think it's really hard to find a, a guy like him who's played a bunch of football. You're on the verge of now. Now you're not going to play him against Navy for sure. You also can play him against a team in the conference championship if you make it. I did confirm that this week. So there's that. And then you can play him in the bowl game. So all those things can happen. Because, uh, I mean, you get another year of Brandon Crosley. He's not going to go pro. And you have C.J. Sanders with them. They're forming a pretty good one-two punch there at nickel. Um, it allows Abdul Muhammad uh, to develop. It allows Alex Rogers, who's their corner commit, to develop. Um, and then if they find somebody else at corner or safety, then you don't have to plug him in right to that spot. Um, and you can allow other guys to develop. So all those things are important. Um, Elijah Chapman is playing through an injury. Um, Doka Bell, uh, asks, uh, would think he's very important versus Navy, uh, worry about the abuse the D line takes versus option teams. Um, I, for me, if you can, you get through Navy without playing Elijah Chapman. I, I mean, I, I, I think that's the key. Um, Rangers King says that 17 yards, second and 23 screen. Yeah. I mean, that's one play. I, 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 there, it's like you know, Preston Stone scrambling backwards. How many times does he do it? And take out that last drive, everyone. Take out the last, like, knees. Um, But Preston Stone doesn't scramble backwards as much as people think. When he does it, it is just so obvious, and it is, it doesn't work out very many times. But I tell you, a couple times today, he bought time. Does that mean he drops back and scrambles backwards every single play? No. Um, So there are moments where you see things and they're seared in your mind, but, you know, Judging by our game thread, tackling was so bad that I, I I look down and I expect to see Memphis have 200 yards rushing, and it's just more wide open receivers running in the secondary. So, um, let's see what else. Uh, no more questions. Um, would UTSA leapfrog SMU with a win over ranked Tulane? I have no idea, Couchum. Um, I think SMU's resume is a little bit better. Um, that's my opinion. Um, Let's see what else. Any any more? Uh, Mark uh, for whack. Uh, How is Jake Bailey? Is it anything serious? I haven't gotten an update on Jake Bailey uh, from Rhett Lashley's press conference. He didn't think Jalen Knighton was seriously hurt. Um, um, uh, Probation coach asked, has Preston Stone broken a block this season? I'm not sure. I'd have to go back and look. Uh, I agree. He deserved it. Um, We'll see who ends up uh, breaking it. Um, so with that guys, um, that is kind of it. I want to leave you guys with this. Cause I thought Rhett Lashley had a really good press conference. One, he called out a couple of times that, you know, Memphis thought this was going to be the SMU of old. And I think now that we've gone through these last seven games now of the AAC and we know it was watered down, we know it was this 
you know, when we said this, when we looked at the schedule before the season, we said SMU has to go undefeated in the in the league. It's prime for the taking. And if they can't, then questions need to be asked. Well, they're on the verge of punching their ticket to the AAC championship, barring a complete and total meltdown against a Navy team that is struggling to reach bowl eligibility. I don't even I didn't even see what they did. I don't know if it's even on the table for them. It is very, very hard to win. It's hard to win against an opponent like that. Um, they played just about everybody tough. They probably should have beaten Tulane looking back. They weren't consistent enough. SMU was consistent enough when it matters, when it mattered. They didn't have drives that started in the second half and then fizzled. They didn't have drives that, you know, didn't, didn't, um, really like they got something going and then they fell apart. They were able to kind of control things in the second half. Never once in the second half did I get this feeling that, oh man, that might've been it for SMU or, oh, here comes Memphis. We've seen this story before in the first half. Trust me, I was with you. I was thinking, okay, that one, that play or this, this, um, you know, conversion by Memphis, that's going to come back and bite them. But in the second half, I've said this, there's something about this team and how well they play for each other and how mature they are. And over the course of a season, you need various pieces of your team to step up and make plays. And SMU is able to do that and get that in this game. And it's not about how, when you go into a place on the road, it's about having more than the other team. It, I mean, I'm sorry. It just is. And um, I, I think you've got to give credit where credit is due. And Scott Simons, it's kind of like when SMU beat TCU a few years back and Kevin Kane you know, called a defense, that was fine. They gave up yards. They gave up opportunities for TCU. But when they needed stops, they got it at the end of the game against TCU. They dialed up a couple calls. When SMU needed some stops, they got them. When SMU needed touchdown drives, boy, they got them. And I think that's the beauty of this team right now is that they are stepping up. They are helping each other when things aren't going perfectly enough to weather a storm. You know, when the offense isn't clicking in the first half, defense forces two field goals. When the defense is giving things up in the second half, first drive of the second half from Memphis, they go and score. Often says, watch this, minute 10 later. All those things have to happen for them to win a championship and um, that's why it's so important that obviously SMU won this game, but just to overcome what they did in this game, Marcus Bryant going down, didn't have Hyron White going into it, all those things, they're still able to find a way. And now they're truly on the precipice of a really special uh, event uh, if they can get past Navy next week. There's no secret our defense is really good, and they've had a great year. And they made the critical stops in the first half to hold them to field goals when we needed it. And late in the game, in the fourth quarter, those two consecutive drives when we were up three, they, they kept us ahead. Um, but this was the game where our offense picked up the slack. And, you know, you talk about when it was 10 to 7 them, the long 13, 14 play drive we had, almost exclusively running it to score and go up 14 to 10. Gives us the lead at half. But then to come out, the drive to start the second half, I think y'all saw, um, I think you saw Preston Stone grow up big time. I mean, we had back-to-back critical third down and conversions. One was like a third and medium to seven or eight. I can't remember. The other one was like third and 12 or something, I think, after the sack. And you hit Jake down the middle on one and Mermelo. Um, 
that was a gutty drive that put us up 21-13, and you can't say enough about how the middle eight worked where we held them to a field goal before half. We scored a touchdown to start the second momentum-wise. Now, they're a good team. They went right down and tied it up, and it was like three or four plays later, we're ahead. And, you know, they go tied up again, and then three or four plays later, we're down there. We had to settle for a field goal. But the way the offense responded, and then, sorry, but to your question, <laughs> the long drive, I think it was seven minutes or so when we got it, um, up three. And the defense had just held him again, and to methodically move it down the field, run the clock, and finish it with a touchdown, uh, it all but won the game for us. And I think that was just a big character-building drive for our offense. And I think the second half is where you saw uh, Preston Stone make a big leap. That he did uh, made a huge leap uh, for SMU. And for those wondering, and we're going to try this, uh, SMU did post the post-game uh, locker room speech from Rhett Lashley. So if you can't hear it, chime in in the comments, but I'm going to try to play it for you. And it wasn't Preston Stone. It was Jordan Miller uh, who broke the rock. And uh, you can hear what uh, SMU had to say after uh, this game. So uh, again, let me know if you can't hear it, but I'm going to try to share it with you and uh, we'll see if uh, this plays. What I saw is there's no running on the M. Like that. So I guess we're walking in Memphis. We talk with our past. Now, I could not be more proud of you because, what was it at halftime? 14, 13? And in the third quarter, I think I blinked and the offense had 17 points. Hey, 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 the blur is back. But then flip it. We get to the fourth quarter, two back-to-back massive stops by the defense. And then the offense said, all right, we got you. Walked right down the field, threw it up to J-Hud, ball game. The number is? Coach, Coach Grizz. Who's going to smash this thing? Jay So how about that? Jordan Miller, uh, and shout out these uh, one-year transfers for not knowing the uh, the alma mater after. It's always pretty funny to see them try and get it out of them. But uh, SMU gets a huge play at the end of the game, uh, towards the end of the game, to cap that drive. Preston Stone to Jordan Hudson. Been through a lot. Rhett Lashley actually mentioned him in the press conference, just how he switched over to the other side. He was starting to catch fire before that, but the injury to Jordan Curley, he moved over. And he used the word selfless, and selfless to describe – his entire team pretty much, you know, guys stepping up on the offensive line with injuries, defense hanging with it, all those things happen. And to get rid of a a monkey on the back like this and to go out and win a tough game, it takes a lot of guys pulling together. And don't, don't forget that as you go through this, watching this team finish out this season, they've got to get a win against Navy at 11 a.m. on Saturday for senior day. We all know that, but there should be an expectation that they do it now. And it's because of a win like this that you can believe, okay, this team is actually really good 
They were coming together early this year. They didn't play their best at TCU. They should have beat, honestly, Oklahoma. They should have found a way to win that football game. But they've now taken care of seven games in conference. They've got one more to go to punch that ticket to the AAC title game. We'll be there to cover it for you guys every step of the way. So be sure to subscribe to On the Pony Express to get all the latest on SMU, the injury updates, heading into the Navy game, all those things, as well as recruiting intel as the transfer portal window opens the first week in December. So be sure to subscribe today. Jump on board. Had a bunch of people subscribe this week ahead of the Memphis game, so appreciate all you guys joining. What a game uh, in Memphis as SMU is able to take a 38-34 win over the Tigers and uh, improve to 9-2 and overall in the season. Sounds weird to say. And 7-0 and in AAC play. Thanks for listening to this edition of the On the Pony Express podcast and the After Stank Show. Catch out, Shug, uh, check out Shug's Bagels in Mockingbird Plaza as After Hours is getting set to get going for your late night meals starting at 6 o'clock. So appreciate their support of the podcast and you guys for listening. Catch you next week with another edition. Thanks for listening to the On the Pony Express podcast with Billy Embody. Follow us on your socials on X at SMU on 3 and on Instagram at On3SMU. And keep it locked to OnThePonyExpress.com for more coverage. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs>